Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. was an abrupt ending that sounded like an abrupt ending to me like something just went no i'm done uh oh hey welcome everybody to monday night therapy it's john and todd and we're here for therapy do you need any therapy this week todd oh i'm in pretty good shape this week so i'll be a giver a giver yeah yeah i'll I'll give this is rare for you being a giver (laughs) well you know everything happens Do you, do you know what I did this week, Todd? Um, went golfing. That would be different. I did not go golfing. I had my annual cardiology checkup. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what an EF is? Uh, either uh, an, an accounting firm or the uh, measure of a tornado. EF stands for ejection fraction. It's how hard your heart, your blood, uh, good God. EF stands for ejection fraction. It's how hard your heart can pump blood. And mine, last year, mine was 35. This year, it's between 35 and 40. So I I don't know if they're being gracious or it went up a little. But a normal ejection fraction is around 55 to 60. So obviously mine is this low because part of my heart is dead and we know what part of my heart is dead. Don't we Todd? Yes, we do. It's that black hearted part of your being. (laughs) I wasn't aware it was that part. I always thought it was the part that had any love for Iowa or Creighton, but Hey, that's what I meant. That black hearted part of you. So, so for people who don't know what an EF is, now you know what an EF is: ejection fraction of the heart. What what is going on in Husker sports? What should we start with, Todd? We, should we start at the top of the list? Yeah, we. I mean, there's. Yeah, I mean, we got we got stuff to talk about today. I mean, we do good stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, we all knew that um, after the spring game. Uh, once, you know, with the portal open, uh, well, it was open for about a week or so that uh, there were going to be Nebraska players um, move out of the program. So um, I don't know. How, the, the biggest name, obviously, that has left is uh, is Casey Thompson. And um, I don't know. What do you think about Casey Thompson leaving? Well, I think it's, you know, I was, I was just on a show previous to this, you know, college, uh, come on, Mark Rogers, uh, the voice of college football. He's been on YouTube a long time. Uh, and I asked the host who wasn't Mark, it was a different guy. I asked the host, when was the last time a quarterback went through the entire season at Nebraska unscathed? Anybody? Commenters? I tell you what, I wouldn't. Yeah, if anybody in the audience knows, uh, that's a good a good quiz question because I couldn't tell you the last quarterback that went through. Yeah. A, when you say unscathed, are you saying started and played every game, or are you? Yeah, talking- let's let's do that. Let's do that. Because I think I think Adrian played every game, didn't he? One of those, the year he had a broken jaw and he still went out and played. But I mean, you know, at the same time, you kind of go, he had a broken jaw, you know. Last year, Casey Thompson had like a torn labrum or some damn thing. I, 
you know, so you kind of look at it and you go, okay, Jeff Sims, I don't think has made it through a year unscathed. Um, the offensive line at Nebraska is still unproven and was terrible the past two seasons. You know, it's so you kind of look at it and you go, wow, there went a lot of experience out the door. So that that's probably the biggest thing for me is that, you know, Jeff Sims unproven in a Nebraska uniform, because we all know that when you put on a Nebraska uniform, different superpowers begin to evolve in your body, just like Marvel characters. If Marvel characters went over to DC Comics, they'd have different superpowers. I shouldn't go down that road because I really don't. No, know you, you be careful. Be careful where you go. Yeah. 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 You know, I think the biggest I think the biggest loss that Nebraska experiences with Casey Thompson leaving is his leadership and you know his commitment um to to preparation. Um you know, that's not to say that other quarterbacks uh haven't been strong leaders or, or haven't prepared well, but he really did. I mean, he took it to another level compared to other recent quarterbacks at Nebraska. Um, you know, is, is Casey Thompson a loss? Is it a loss for Nebraska losing him? Um, my opinion, yes. If Jeff Sims gets hurt early in the season, um, because the drop off, in my opinion, from um, Casey Thompson as the backup to pick whoever you want, Chuba, Heinrich, you know, um, the, the transfer from Ole Miss, um, whoever you want to talk about um, is, is dramatic. And so I think we better keep our, keep our fingers crossed that, that uh, the offensive line keeps Jeff Sims um, – standing um <laughs> you know and and he doesn't get all beat to hell i'm gonna take this comment from m gaboski our michigan guy real quick just got he he says just got in here and you guys sound sad and depressed like me under rich rod and brady hoke it gets better hopefully my kind sir we're not sad and depressed we're old so you, you see old people walking around sometimes, you're like, oh, look at that old codger guy. No, I'm they're actually, just tired. They're just tired. I think I so. I'm you're feeling not tired. pretty good. I'm feeling oh, pretty great. good. I had it. Well, then you're sad I, and depressed. No, I'm not sad and depressed. <laughs> I'm feeling good. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah. Casey Thompson, yeah, I think Casey Thompson, I, I guess maybe he was told he wasn't going to be the starter. Maybe he's out looking for more nil money. Which, you know, there no, are teams out there that need a quarterback for a year. He wants to play. He wants to play. And I think that that was probably, you know, I, I would say that Casey Thompson might have been towards the top of the list on Matt Rule's uh, players that needed to be talked to after the spring game or conversations that needed to be held. Um, you know, I have no ill will about Casey Thompson. I thought Casey Thompson, you know, um, he, he, he factored in what success Nebraska did have last year. Uh, he was a key component in that. Um, but you and I uh, talked about it last week. Uh, Jeff Sims is going to be just fine as a quarterback. And uh, we always will preface it with, I really hope he can stay healthy. I really hope he stays healthy. Well, what do you think about Chubb as a backup? Um. I'd feel better with Logan Smothers, and I know that that doesn't make some of our fans happy. Um, I, you know, Logan Smothers was a hard worker, and and you know, we can kind of we can get into um, uh, all sorts of arguments about him, uh, you know, his effectiveness. But I have a lot more faith in Logan Smothers being able to to uh, move the team forward than I do Chuba Purdy. But you know, Chuba played well at times last year at times, but, um, you know, maybe this new offense fits in better. Maybe that's the issue. And, you know, when you think in terms of the way uh, Mark Whipple coached last year, his offense, uh, the, the type of quarterback that uh, Casey Thompson was, you know, Chubba Purdy doesn't fit into that mold as well. He can run, though. 
He you know can what I run. think about Chubba Purdy? Let me take this comment. Matt Hansen says Nebraska was horrible without Thompson last year. Uh, the one thing I would say about Chubba Purdy is that I think he is uh, he's Mr. Decision Guy. If the the the, the thing isn't there, he's going to go. And I think that he can he can run fairly decently, run whatever running quarterback plays they need to do. I don't know. I think we're kind of unfair to him. I mean, let's face it. Last year we. We tend to we tend to look at last year, and people keep using it as if it's a normal year, and it was a year of complete dysfunction, probably as bad as any team that could have gone through shit in college football. I can't remember the name of a coach who took over Ole Miss, I think it was, or Mississippi State, Southern Miss. And he went 0-12. He was an assistant coach for a long time, and he went 0-12 in his only year with them, and it was a complete disaster. The only thing I could compare to in sports lies is what Northwestern is going through uh, in baseball, where their coaches have left, uh, their head coach is a disaster, and they have to struggle through the rest of the season. Well, Chubba Purdy, you know, like right now, at least what I've seen is he's the the second man up. You know, he's on the depth chart. They have Chubba Purdy number two, apparently, and they've got Heinrich Harburg uh, number three. And, you know, uh, Chubba Purdy is not his brother Brock. Um, they are two completely different kinds of athletes, uh, two different kinds of quarterbacks. Um, you know, and I think sometimes – we have expectations um, because of his last name. And, um, you know, again, you know, I, I agree with whomever kind of said it, that Purdy's kind of an enigma and maybe the jury's out a little bit on him. M. Gaboski says, who played against Michigan last year? He was horrible. It wasn't Thompson. It was Purdy. <laughs> After I just got done talking him up a little bit, was, Michigan yep. guy comes in there, bam! Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, I, I you know think... I all I want to say is maybe give the guy a chance, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the next one, you know, we kind of got a list here, and I I don't know that we'll talk about is the the rest of these guys that are moving on as as much as maybe Casey Thompson. I think you know, obviously, the starting quarterback from from the previous year that's uh, that's a big name, and uh, you know, Michigan State, uh, their starting quarterback from last year, he's gone into the portal. Um, so, um, and as M. Gabowski, you know, two men, two great thinkers, think alike. Um, noting that Peyton Tomey is out of the portal. Um, A.J. Allen, to me, of all of the Nebraska players that are leaving, that is the biggest loss, in my opinion. And, you know, a really? lot of people uh, – yeah, I, I, I believe that. Because, you know, while there are people that say, oh, the running back room was so deep, you know, we've got plenty of running backs – um, you know, um, and he, some people said, well, he's sitting behind, you know, he's maybe sitting number four. I, you know, based upon his performance last year before he got hurt and with what little I saw during the spring game, AJ Allen's my top in my top two, I, you know, say all you want to about, um, you know, some of those other guys coming back. But um, Gabe Irvin, A.J. Allen, in my opinion, those are the two best running backs we have coming back. Um, and and uh, I, I think this one is going to hurt. I think that um, maybe we won't know how much it hurts because he's not here. But um, I, I think that he, his potential as a running back is so much higher than Anthony Grant. Um, yeah. I agree with James. This one, this one's tough to swallow. You have to read it. When you take a comment, you have to read it out because people listen to the podcast portion. Okay. James Marshall says AJ Allen was due a breakout year. And I agree 100% with James Marshall. Well, I, Fred, Fred Sacco says AJ Allen was 
really talented, but we still have decent depth at running back. Quarterback, O-line depth brings me back to us being lucky to get six or seven Ws. You know, and I don't dispute with Fred that we've got depth, but I'd rather lose. I would rather have lost Anthony Grant yeah. or Ramir Johnson. Ramir Johnson? I know, Hey, you know, I think age, aging, that, that's my opinion. Okay. So I, I, I think that Ramir Johnson is the best overall back. I really do. I think he's shifty. He's quick. He's got a little bit of power, probably maybe not as much as Irvin, but I think Ramirez, I get rid of him. I ought to come over there and give you the what's for, for that comment about Johnson. I, I think Johnson is exceptional. I don't think he'll be the starter. I think that he's, he's, yeah, I, Fred Sacco says, geez, Todd, you just made John clutch his imaginary pearls. He He did. What the hell? Get rid of Ramir Johnson? This, I, we're lucky we're not in the same room, buddy. Owen Walker <laughs> says. Owen Walker says I agree with I agree with you, Todd. He had so much upside. He had still four years to play. I felt like maybe he could had overtake the number one over Grant last year if he'd stayed healthy. I agree with he that. Was, I agree with that statement. He yeah, was starting was. over Grant. He was getting more carries than Grant was last yeah. year before he got hurt. He didn't dance around and look for an imaginary hole that didn't exist. No, he was one step and gone. And and that that was fun to watch. And he was a pretty good sized guy. Gabe Irvin now is the to me, Gabe Irvin is gonna be the one. Um he's he's gonna be the one that's gonna carry the load. And Ramir. I I've I've lost faith in Anthony Grant. Now watch, it'll come down to Anthony Grant this year and he'll gain a thousand yards and Todd'll look stupid, but yeah. James Whatever. Marshall says Allen had the ability to overcome a bad line. Grant doesn't. It, it's like you guys are ganging up on me. You know, the difference between Anthony Grant early in the season last year and late in the season last year is Early on, Anthony Grant could get some yards when he was carrying the ball because he was he was going straight forward. I mean, you know, he was he was when he when he saw what little crease he could he could find, you know, boom, he was he was there. Then it became later in the season somehow he developed this mindset that I've got to carry completely carry the load, and he became a dancer. You know, I mean, he got you know quick feet back there, and and uh, he he. He, he did more dancing than he did running. So, you know why that is, Todd? You know why that is? Well, the, the way I see it, the reason why is because his favorite athlete of all time was Sugar Ray Robinson. And very few people realize that Sugar Ray Robinson, perhaps the greatest pound per pound boxer in American history, had a career after his boxing career was over and he became a dancer. And if Sugar Ray Robinson is your favorite athlete and you want to live and, and the kind of life he did, then, you know, dancing makes sense. So, yeah, that's that's why he did it. That's wow. That was a really good pull it out of your ass thing. I was going to go with shell shock. I was going to go with shell shock. He was shell shocked of constantly looking up and go, no hole again, God, why? And then, you know, and you come up with Sugar Ray Robinson, the dancer, for God's sakes. I guess that shows where we are. Hey, you know, okay. Fred, bring up Fred's last comment there. Oh, my God. What? What? I, I missed it. Well, well, okay. There Fred Sacco says that, to be honest, we don't have a running back that can overcome what our own line has shown. Barry Sanders couldn't. I think Anthony Grant tried to be Barry Sanders last year. And yeah. I know Barry Sanders. And Anthony Grant, <laughs> you're no Barry Sanders. Wow. Had to go with that one. Okay. Vince Watson says Hausman, the linebacker who left for Michigan, Mr. Gaboski, and Allen were standouts of the 22 class. Now both gone. Sounds like the same worn out song over all over. 
Well, it isn't because we have Matt Rule now, and he's winning. He is the 2023 uh, national champion of the offseason. There you go. Can anybody disagree with that? Matt Rule is the 2023 offseason national champion. I don't even think it's close. Well, we can take it. We can claim it. You know, the next one on my list, and this kind of goes into what uh, Brian Hula says, um, the next one we put down, Stephen Wynn. I think Stephen Wynn is the third, you know, if, if I were to group the people that have left, you know, who who are the ones that we would sit here and say, dang it? Well, I think Stephen Wynn would, would fall into the dang it category. Um, you know, Depth has gotten better on um, uh, the defensive line, but you know it's you, you can't have enough defensive linemen, and um, you, you see somebody like Stephen Wingo. Um, was he just you know, taking? Brian, was he just? Was he just a body though? I don't know if he was just a body or not. We better read the quote. I forgot. Brian Hula says, Wynn will probably prove to be the biggest loss towards the end of the season as injuries and depth runs out. And, and you know, I, I can't dispute that. I, I think that certainly could be the case. Oh, I had another one. James Marshall comes in with, did a quarterback ever get brutalized worse than Thompson did at times last year? Francois of Florida State is the only one I can think of. That guy at Florida State, he got the shit beat out of him. Adrian Martinez got brutalized. (laughs) We were witness to some of the worst (laughs) brutality I've ever seen. (laughs) He did. In fact, this whole YouTube thing started really from the 2020 Minnesota game where I walked outside and sat down next to a tree and bitched into my phone for six minutes, seven minutes and put it online. And one of the things I stated very specifically in that video was Bryce Benhart. If you can't fucking block somebody, hold them because they don't call holding. You can't let Adrian Martinez just get hit. If you remember in that game, Ben Hart gave up a, a a block. It was one one of those lookout blocks, and Martinez got hit and coughed up the ball. But there you go. Okay, going on. Well, and <sighs> so you know we had some I, other players. No, so we had. Go ahead. No, you you go. I Stephen Wynn. Yeah, you're right. I think the depth issue. It's going to be interesting. I thought during the spring game, the defense did a very good job of flying around to the wall. They looked interested in actually playing defense, which seemed, you know, last year the defense kind of came together a little bit under, who is it, Bill Bush? And, you know, but it's still at times they were like, yeah, okay, well, you know, whatever. I think that'll be the interesting thing for me when we go into our first few games is, does the defense really, you know, want to get to the ball? Do they want to make tackles? Because sometimes it seemed like they didn't. Okay, you were going to you were going to move on. Well, yeah, I mean, you pinned some of these comments. There's some great comments we need to come back to. So, um, you know, we there were some other guys that left. You know, there are a total of three quarterbacks have left. In addition to to Casey Thompson, Richard Torres, uh, the freshman from uh, Texas, he he's gone. Um, and, and I don't know, no surprise there, probably. Um, kid has a, a strong arm. Um, and then Logan Smothers uh, announced officially, I think, today that he was leaving. We'd heard he was going to go. Um, you know, the, the thing, and, and someone had mentioned earlier in the comments, and I saw it too, that apparently the door is still open if Logan Smothers wants to return. Uh, Coach Rule is, you know, very impressed with his work ethic and his attention to detail and, um, you know, just likes his attitude. And to me, you know, I sense that with Smothers from the time he got here, you know, he's a son of a coach and, you know, those kinds of players have a little bit different mindset than some others. And um, no, Logan Smothers is not going to be an all big 10 quarterback, but I think he's a reliable um, yeah. back up. And, um, it, it does concern me that we don't have that kind of maturity, uh, backing up, uh, Jeff Sims. So, 
Um, and, you know, there were some other guys that were gone too. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't think we need to dissect every one of them. We do have, um, you know, it's been mentioned Richard, a couple Richard of times Torres. in the chat. Richard Torres. I did. I'd mentioned Richard Torres. Okay. So, okay. Um, we do have a, a kid coming uh, who visited from Wyoming, University of Wyoming, um, Caden Becker. He uh, apparently was a quarterback at Scott. And then when, or excuse me, he was apparently the quarterback at Burke. And then when Omaha Public Schools called off the football season during the, the COVID year, 2020, he transferred to, to Scott and played. Um, and then he's, he's out at Wyoming. They moved him to tight end, and apparently um, he's looking um, he's looking to transfer, and he's visiting Nebraska. And so, um, you know, is he going to be a walk on? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure that you take someone in a position where we have a lot of depth and give him a scholarship. I I wouldn't. I mean, I think that. What are we still up? Five, four or five? I think over I, four or five, something like that. You know, and I think some of those guys might retire from from football and opt just to you know. And and you see, here's something that um, you know probably a lot of people have heard, but since Matt Rule is in his first year, um, he can reduce his roster and you know award academic scholarships to some players. And they can remain at the University of Nebraska, but they wouldn't count. They wouldn't have athletic scholarships playing on the football team. So he can he can get his numbers down that way if he wants to. Um, but you know we'll see. It, it, at least uh, at least we aren't um, at least we aren't Colorado. <laughs> we haven't mentioned Linda yet. Linda Wilkins says that kid from Wyoming is coming as a walk on. Well, we just got a walk on from Eldridge North Scott, an offensive lineman um, committed as a walk on for the 2023 class. So there's another offense. There's more offensive lineman depth. Kind of strange that a 2023 uh, would wait this long. You know, I, my suspicions are, and I'm not trying to be a jerk here, is that he was waiting around for Iowa to offer. I mean, North Scott, Eldridge North Scott's only about an hour from Iowa City. My guess is he was waiting for something from Iowa City and it didn't come through. And so um, he wanted to say, F you, Iowa, I'm going to Nebraska. You know what? You know what? Maybe he was one of those guys like me that waits until the last minute to do everything. Oh, it's kind of like his mom said, are you going to decide to go play football somewhere? What are you going to do? You know, don't you think you probably ought to do something here pretty soon? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do we got next? No. Well, see, this is this is where we need to bring in the, the Minnesota, Michigan, Iowa people and figure out how to get them on the show and stuff like that. Well, we can laugh at Colorado for a while. I'm, I'm reading. We can. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of keeping my eye on the comments. And there's people that have been, I think, paying closer attention than I have been. Someone remarked maybe that there's only 51 players, 51 players 50. on the roster. No, there's less than that. There's or less scholarships. At thirteen left Nebraska, and fifty-one have left Colorado. Right. Okay. Yeah, I get that. But and maybe I misread it. I I wasn't looking at it that close. You know, Dion said that that was going to happen. I mean, you know, no one should be shocked that that roster has turned over like it has. Now, you know. Prime time, Coach Prime. I mean, he is who he is, and but he did say he did say coming in that with as bad as his football team's been, um, we're bringing in new players. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I am glad. I am glad that the man that we have running the football program at Nebraska did not come in with that kind of a mindset. Fred Sacco says, I heard Dion entered the portal too, just to test the waters. Could be true. Could be, you know, it sounds like a, an option or a perspective. I mean, you know, what we could do. 
I yeah, I, Colorado is going to be interesting. Minnesota has lost a fair number of tor- uh, portal transfers too, including including I think a really good defensive lineman and um, you know Trey Potts went to Penn State. Um, okay. Anything else about football? We got to be missing something. Transfer portal. They we're moving into the off season. For the draft. Is, the draft. Why? Why was that not in our notes? Oh, it is in our notes. <laughs> oh my God, we it's it's the early onset stuff coming in here. There were only two Nebraska players drafted, Todd. O'Shawn Mathis went first. Yeah, followed by Trey then, Palmer. Right after him, Trey Palmer. What do you think of that? No surprise. And I'm not surprised. What were they in the sixth round? Maybe both of them. I think. I think so. Something like that. You know, late in the draft. I know that there are some people that were hypothesizing about um, the. Uh, um, what am I trying to say? That Palmer might be in the third round. Um, you know, I'm not surprised at all. They fell that far. Um, what. What did surprise me, and, and again, I'm not a big NFL guy. I think the draft is kind of fun to watch, and I wouldn't say that it's necessarily one of my bucket list things to do in life. But, you know, I've been down to Kansas City quite a few times. I'm very familiar with uh, that area where they held the draft. And, you know, my gosh, just to see all those people down there and the excitement that's in the air, and, and you know, I, I think that might be kind of fun to be around sometime. But um, I was, what, what surprised me the most was that, um, that Van Ness kid from Iowa was drafted before Captain Jack from Iowa. And, you know, Iowa had that, you know, they, they also had the Laporta, the tight end yep. get drafted tight end. and Riley Moss. Are you kidding me? I mean, that one is a head scratcher for me. But but you know, Captain did, Jack did Riley Jack Moss in, not did Riley Moss not get drafted? Yeah, he did. He did get okay. drafted. But well I thought I guess Okay, go ahead. I, I don't you know, Riley Moss won the top wide receivers in the Big Ten conference. Was he? I thought he he was no, he was a defensive back. Wasn't he? No. Now you got me all I, now you got me all confused. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I always ended up having six guys. I think six guys drafted. And Moss was a corner. Moss was a cornerback. Okay. My bad. All right. And he was uh, good. Okay. My error, but cleansing breath. The fact (laughs) that they had six guys draft and we beat them. That makes me feel good. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you, you find your victories. Uh, That's but true. Captain Jack, Jack Campbell, I mean, that guy's a stud. He's a stud and uh, the Butkus winner. And, you know, I figured he'd be a first round pick. But um, can we can we can we go? OK, that Iowa dude in the first round got drafted by Green Bay. And when that came up. I mean, my family is sitting there. My son and I and my Heidi, you know, Mrs. Coordination, is watching the draft together because that's how little lives we have. <laughs> but that Green Bay pick came up, and I was like, should I smash the TV now? Because I don't even know who that guy is, and I follow college football. And then <laughs> Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta is a good tight end for Iowa. He is a good tight end. You know, yeah. Noah Fant was a first rounder and a good tight end for Iowa. And those guys yeah. were the, the guy that went in the first round to green Bay was barely utilized by Iowa. Noah Fant was n- almost never used that much by Iowa. Sam Laporta was really not used that much by Iowa. It's a, what the hell? Why do they have these athletes? And then they don't actually, is this because Kirk friends has some kind of favoritism crap going on? Those like guys ism with him. They develop players. And, and you know, 
they've had a number of kids that have been drafted in recent years that were from small schools in Iowa. I mean, it's kind of like it used to be at Nebraska. But, you know, they have in the last few years, the Hawkinson kid, he was from Sheraton, Iowa. They had a kid from Solon, Iowa that was drafted. I mean, uh, Jack Campbell was from Cedar Falls, Iowa, which is a, a bigger school. Um, Van Ness kid was, here's why Van Ness got drafted so high. I mean, the truth is he's got two incredibly hot sisters. I mean, they are just hot as hell. They are blonde bombshell beauties. And his own girlfriend is an influencer with a whole bunch of fans. She's pretty damn hot herself. And so Green Bay's doing it for the effect. You know, I mean, it's a total package thing for him. It's going to be a marketing babes marketing ploy by Green Bay. That's why. I mean, it's what he brings oh to the party, God. man. It's what he brings. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's let's show this one. Cornborn Mike. Hi, Cornborn Mike says, did they show Trey Palmer's and Oshan Mathens, Oshan Mathens highlights during the draft pick? I don't think they showed it. Somebody else said it's hard to show highlights when you don't have any. Trey Palmer had some highlights. Were you watching the draft when they got chosen? No, I was at the baseball game. I was at the baseball. Oh, that's game. right. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was yeah. I I didn't I wasn't watching that part of the draft either as I was working on research for the next uh, history video I'm going to do the 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 Nebraska highlights I saw in the draft was when Captain Jack got drafted and he was just throwing Nebraska Cornhuskers off of him like fleas. So that's all I saw of Nebraska highlights. Unfortunately, Dion Pryor says two guys drafted and they were portal guys. We got a crap team. Yeah, that's kind of funny that. Uh, this year yep. that uh, the guy we fired developed no players whatsoever to get into the NFL draft. That needs to change. And, and, you know, that needs to change. I hate the Hawkeyes. Forward. I hate the Hawkeyes as much as the next guy. But, you know, and I wouldn't want Kirk Ferris to be a head coach of a team that I, that I followed. But that coaching staff has a reputation of taking hardworking, three-star kind of players and developing them into uh, into quality NFL uh, players. I mean, it's again, it's kind of like it was in Nebraska back in the day. I mean, you can go around Iowa now in the small towns of Iowa, and you know, in Applington and Parkersburg, they had three NFL players from those two little towns, and they've contributed money up there, and they got their pictures all over the place. You know, and they're all Iowa Hawkeyes that have been developed. Whoa, I missed I missed the comment. Brian Hula says, blah, ha, ha, Todd, with the true facts. And then Linda comes in with a comment. So because we all want to see Todd burn himself down, Linda Wilkins <laughs> asks, Todd, would you like to explain your requirements for hot? And since it's the offseason, these kinds of things fly Otherwise, I mean, if it was football season, we'd be talking full-time football here. But it's the off-season, Todd. So what is your requirement for hot? I'll tell you what. You know, if they're in that ballpark, you know, 5'10", 5'11", and about 125, 130 pounds and the curves in all the right places, blonde hair down to their belly buttons, I mean, my goodness gracious, you know. That's what Van Ness's sisters look like. Okay. Okay. I, that wasn't okay. We'll move on. I won't press you. I'll be a nice guy, and I won't. I won't press on. Uh, the, uh, let's see. Thank I, you, I, Matt I, Hansen. Hot. You know it when you see it. There you go. There you go. He's, that is. That he's is much Matt's better comment. than I am. Matt. Matt uh, will become my voice. All right, let's move uh, to volleyball. Oh, Matt Hansen also says, John, I'm excited for your next history of football installment. They've been really good. Thank you very much. Um, okay, volleyball. You know what? What's I'm going to put a pitch in for that. I'm going to put a pitch in for that too. If if you haven't watched John's history videos, they each one 
is better than the one before. He's getting better with the production quality, and they are doggone informative. It's it's now, of course, I'm a history geek, so it you know it doesn't take a whole lot to you know fly my rocket, but it's it's good stuff, and he he does a nice job. So I strongly encourage you to watch the the videos that John's making. Thank you. Roger Moore comes in with a comment. Volleyball is hot. My God, they oh, are. Oh, yeah, Vol baby. <laughs> volleyball had a uh, volleyball had their spring game or their spring showcase uh, in Central City. Yep. And they won. They swept two. Wichita State, I think it was. Wichita State, yeah. And it was, yeah. it was a fun time for all that went to Central City. And people were complimentary of the city of Central City. And I don't, I don't. I don't know if I've ever been there. Central City is a neat little town. Neat is town. Is it? You've been yeah. everywhere, man. Cross the desert. I've been there, everywhere, man. man. Cross the deserts, bear man. I breathe the country air, man. I've been everywhere. What else is going on with volleyball? Well, I um, there's this. I think back to the Central City game. Uh, apparently, we got some pretty good freshmen. We got some good freshmen. But are um, they hot? I'm not getting into that because they are <laughs> they are University really? of Nebraska athletes. I am not getting you know then no, I draw the line. I draw the line. I thought I'd draw you in there and just catch you off guard. You're you're trying to real yeah, you're trying to get me in trouble is what you're trying okay, to do. Okay, so Central City volleyball. Um I'll tell you We're what on they a track. <laughs> The, the freshmen um, apparently are loaded for bear. And um, it sounds like they got uh, a lot of playing time uh, in this game. And um, they uh, what, what, what's encouraging is that you take freshmen that have confidence that can play at a high level. Um, they're not going to be intimidated by anything. Uh, I think I think this Nebraska volleyball team could be doggone exciting uh, in the season coming up. I think I think everybody's worry was going to be: Are they going to be able to produce at the setter position? And um, it, it sounds like we got a freshman that uh, is going to be able to step up and play. And you know, it sounds like Kennedy Orr played well now that she's healthier. So. Um, I think uh, I think we're in good hands. And John, do you have your ticket to volleyball day in Nebraska? <laughs> no, because it's the night before the Minnesota game here. 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 Well, not not here, but here. <laughs> Should stop pointing at my pants. <laughs> um, we're just going down the tubes here. Um, no, I, I didn't. I, the Minnesota game is here the next day. so. Uh, well, I hope to be there for the Minnesota you? game. Okay. Um, but <laughs> true, true, true confession, hell, I knew the tickets were going on sale, and I kind of figured up I might be able to figure that I might be able to pick one up at the gate. Um, oh, my. You, didn't really, you didn't really think that, did you? No, I seriously did. I figured I figured that they would sell forty-five to fifty thousand tickets. I mean, think about that. Forty-five to fifty thousand tickets is a big deal. That's more people than go to some Division One football games. Okay, are you are are people going to this to watch volleyball? They're going there to be part of the event. Exactly. This is a just like the spring. There. This is like the spring football game. It is it's a bigger than the spring event. football it is game. A fun, it I know that, but in in comparison, it is a social event. It's something to fun to go do that with centered around a sport we all love. Look at this. How many other? How many other? Huh? How many other podcasts or YouTube shows are you watching for Nebraska where they're regularly wearing volleyball stuff? But. Uh, that's why I mean that's why it was you knew it was going to sell out. I guess I figured it would just sell out like 
Well, like it did, like immediately, because people are insane for volleyball. Yeah, and well, and, and that's what Nebraska people do. It's an event, you know, and the last big event in that stadium that wasn't a football game, and probably somebody's going to contradict me here, was Farm Aid 3, I believe. And I was there for that. And it was huge. But that Nebraska people turn out for events. You know, if, if something's coming to Nebraska and it's going to be a big deal, Nebraska fans are going to show up. And, you know, I would be willing to bet if somebody beats the record, Nebraska fans will top this one. I mean, you know, it's just it's just nuts. So um, I think I think it's going to be an incredible event. Matt Hansen says they have a chance at breaking the world record for women's athletic attendance. I think that record is 95,000 for a World Cup event. And, I mean, if you can take thousands more people and stick them in there as, a, I don't know, event people, media, whatever, uh, yeah, you're. I mean, you're going to come up there close. And then what happened after Nebraska did this, Todd? Do you know what happened? What happened after Nebraska did this? Let's play a non-football sport in a football stadium thing. Well, I don't know if you're referring to the fact that Patty Gasso down at Oklahoma has said, oh, think you're going to break a record. Well, you know what? Maybe we can top it with a softball game in Memorial Stadium at Oklahoma. And, you know, we had a little bit of back and forth on Slack. Um, the way that OU fans follow Oklahoma softball, um, like 45 and one this year, yeah, 11 straight really... big 12 championships. I mean, dynasty does not, is not the right word for what they've done at, at Oklahoma. Um, can they get 85,000 people at a softball game in Oklahoma? I think they might. I think, I think there's a chance they could. So, you know, that's our segue into into softball. But before we go there, you know you know who was a really hot woman for volleyball at Nebraska, Todd? Well Annie, my, Annie at go ahead. In my opinion, there's a lot of them. But I am not gonna go public because that's not why I watch Nebraska volleyball. They are incredible athletes that play at an incredibly high level. And I don't want anyone to ever say that well the only reason you watch is because they wear those tight shorts hell no those are incredible athletes and i love watching the game so i'm not getting into hotness you know they are very attractive young women that are amazing athletes and that's my story and i'm sticking to it annie adams zach she was do you remember her Oh yeah, she used to, she used to come to our parties at twelve nineteen New Hampshire, and I remember being at her. The first time I ever met her, I was standing there, I was talking to her, and she walked away, and I realized two things: number one, that was the first time I ever had to look up to talk to a woman, and number two, she was like an Amazon, and then I fainted, and then everybody made fun of me. Anyway, softball. Let's she played move on, on to our softball. wiffle ball team. She was on our co-ed wiffle ball team. Okay, uh, softball. We're moving on to softball. Well, let's not spend a whole lot of time on softball. Jeez, Louise, our women got smoked by Northwestern. Uh, they got swept uh, three games to nothing. In the first game, Northwestern scored 23 runs. I mean, it was just yeah. an absolute domination. And then in the, the second the two in games, history. Yeah. God, yeah, it was horrible. Then the second two games, Nebraska had good-sized leads in both games and ended up, ended up getting beat at the end. So frustrating weekend. Uh, Northwestern's got a really dangerous team this year. They've got good pitching, but they've got incredible offense. And um, so, um, yeah, they uh, not good for the softball team. Um, baseball. Is baseball. baseball now has entered into its Jekyll Hyde part <laughs> of the season. You know, last weekend, my chin was dragging on the ground. 
that was the worst shellacking that Nebraska baseball had taken for a weekend for a while since Maryland a year ago. Um, and, you know, then they get beat by South Dakota State in a midweek game. Uh, they get beat Friday night by Minnesota. I, uh, and then, I you know, that game's on TV. The Friday yeah. night game was on BTN, and I, I had to sit there and watch that with my freaking University of Minnesota alum son. And it, I just like, what the hell? Minnesota's terrible, and then we lose. And I'm just, again, I'm like, I'm going to smash the TV. And then I didn't smash the TV. Well, And then we came back and, and played well in the next two days. Aaron, Aaron our, our baseball guy at uh, Coronation, he, I think he's on to something. We suck at night games. We need to play games that start at 1 o'clock, 2 or 3, 2 o'clock, no later than 3 o'clock. I, I wonder what our record is when we play those those games in the afternoon. I, it's got to be better. But, you know, holy smokes, on Saturday, Nebraska just looked outstanding. Uh, it was nice to see Jace Kaminska come back. He threw a very, very good game. And then on Sunday – another good performance for Nebraska. So now next weekend we go out to Maryland and who's going to show up, which, which Nebraska team, the team that played Saturday and Sunday or the team that played Friday night. And do you know, do do you know where we are in the big 10 standings Four. well, we're kind of tied for third. Well, Aren't we? Are we tied for third, record-wise? Well, Indiana, Indiana got swept this last weekend, right? Right. Okay. And so Indiana and Nebraska are at third with a nine and six record. Maryland is in first with an eleven and four record. I'm talking about conference records. Michigan State, what the hell is going on there that they're second at ten and five? Well, they 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 whoever they played this weekend, they won all three games and. You know, they've been kind of floating there. I don't know that Michigan State has faced off against some of the top teams in the conference yet. I, I don't know that. I haven't been paying attention to them. Maryland Maryland swept Indiana at Indiana. Yes. And Indiana's got the best RPI by a mile over any other school in the Big Ten. And, and Joel, Tilson wa- Joel Tilson wants to know who's hosting the Big Ten baseball tournament. Well – I, I suppose Nebraska is the host if a school has to be the host, but the Big Ten moves their, you know, they, they have bids for their baseball tournament just like they do for the basketball tournament, you know. So uh, I don't know if the basketball tournament's in Chicago, does that mean that Northwestern or Illinois is the host? You know, it's, it is at, um, you know, it's here in Omaha, and uh, okay. <laughs> so I guess that would make Nebraska the host. So they, so the Big Ten baseball tournament is coming up at the end of this month, as it is May now. Yes, in Omaha. Uh, are you going to go to the Big Ten baseball tournament, Todd? I certainly plan to. Oh, okay. Roger Moore comes up with this. Amazon just delivered my Nebraska doesn't care about basketball t-shirt. Roger, where did you get that t-shirt? I I tweeted that, and I think I started something way back on Twitter about Nebraska basketball, and then somebody else picked up on it, and then it turned into this regular well, thing. Nebraska's picked up three guys from the portal, and heaven forbid they got a point guard from Iowa, which what the hell does that mean? But all three of the guys that they're bringing in, they have two years of eligibility, so it's not a one-year fix. Uh, you know what the guy from coming from Iowa means, Todd? You know what it means that he well, likes it to means beat, it, it means he likes to beat Iowa. <laughs> well, it means that you know people really know what an asshole Fran McCaffrey is, and. <laughs> You know, if your name, if your last name isn't McCaffrey, you really don't want to be associated with Fran McCaffrey. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. 
Linda Wilkins comes back with Ohio report of tasting great on the pipeline jerky from Hawaii. That's kind of weird. I, da, 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 da. <laughs> um, Fred Sacco comes in with, I have John's all hope is gone and Cobby t-shirts still waiting for coordination, hemorrhoid donut and shoe trees. <laughs> It's America. We'll have to come up with stuff to sell, I guess. Joel Tilson comes in with basketball coach Hoiberg got another year. Yes, he did, because honestly, I don't know who else is left at a hire for Nebraska. And he did show some improvement, and he did have some injuries. And I guess uh, we're just going to see what happens next year. I do think we got some interesting transfer portal guys uh, for basketball. Uh, we're coming up on 55 minutes, Todd. Is there anything left on our list? No. No. We've exhausted our list. We've exhausted our list. We actually planned for this show. It's kind of weird. That's because, you know why that is? It's because we're older and you guys with the comments are great. And sometimes the comments throw us off so much. So we have a list to keep us on on target and on track and on topic. So we got four minutes left, Todd. Four minutes left. Do you want me to tell you about some research I did today? Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll tell you all, and this is for an upcoming video. And uh, it 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 has to do with the 1874 grasshopper plague that hit Nebraska. And I don't know if I can remember being a kid and walking through the, you know, the tall grass, the blue stem in Nebraska and the grasshoppers flying up around me. And they, I swear to God, they were like six inches, eight inches long. You could eat them if you wanted to. But in 1874, the grasshopper plague was so bad in Nebraska that the U.S. Army was instructed to distribute clothing to people. Because the grasshoppers didn't just eat the crops. They got into their homes and they ate everything that wasn't like in tin cans and stuff. They ate people's clothes. They ate their sheets. They ate everything. So, I don't know. I, You know, the whole idea that you would have... <clears throat> okay, let me see if I can find this. And I'll read you a passage of this. Amateur estimates from the period uh, showed similar results that they, they had massive, just literally clouds of grasshoppers. In June 1875, this was after the year 1874, which 1874 was horrible. This is a year later. Albert Child, a county judge and sometimes meteorologist in Plattsmouth, Nebraska, observed one huge swarm as it passed overhead by telegraphing for reports from surrounding towns and timing the rate of movement as the insects streamed by for five days. He estimated that the swarm was some 1,800 miles long and 110 miles wide of grasshoppers. Locusts. I mean, my God, can you imagine anything like that? Ugh. Okay. But that was part of the stuff I read today and went through today. I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine living through that. Yeah. Well, that's the bug eaters. Long. There you go. Uh, you get a clue on the next video. I thought yeah. I'd do one about Nebraska. <clears throat> All right, is there 59? We got one minute left. Uh, <laughs> is there anything else going on that we need to know about? What are you doing this week, Todd? Are you done doing anything exciting? Yeah, I am uh, going to be in Kearney, middle of the week, and uh, got a couple work days out there. And then, my favorite uh, Nebraska town. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, uh, I, I, I need to start making. I start, need to start investigating a little more. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. In Carney. 
Um, no, going to be in Kearney in the middle of the week and then going to go to Colorado for a week and hang out, uh, hang out in the mountains. So a week from now, I'll be talking to everyone from Georgetown, Colorado. So uh, going to go out there with my son and uh, spend, spend some time uh, <laughs> enjoying the Rocky, the Rocky Mountains. Well, it's going to be too cold for wet t-shirt contest, Fred. Well, I We're gonna better let the, watch. Well, I was going to let that go. I was going to let that Fred comment go because I think we buried ourselves a little bit enough from this. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know if I'm doing I'm going to try to get a video out this week, a history video out this week. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, okay. We have hit an hour. And you know what I think we'll do? I think next week we'll try to bring in a guest and we'll try to bring in somebody from – uh, one of our fellow yeah. Big Ten teams to talk about their team and how they're losing the 2023 offseason to us. You had there one you more go. point, Todd. Oh, I was just going to – I should have mentioned earlier when we had time. Uh, a number of Nebraska wrestlers did – this last week was like wrestling heaven out in Las Vegas. They had all of the – U.S. championships, men's and women's Greco freestyle at the various age levels and stuff. And, you know, a couple of Nebraska, a number of Nebraska guys, Tyler Berger, former Nebraska wrestler, he won in the open um, level. And then uh, oh, I'm, I'm blank on his name, but we've got a recruit coming in that won in under 20 divisions. So, um, yeah, good, good stuff. Good stuff with the wrestling team this weekend, too. So, Esther, it's time to eat, time to brush your teeth. Yeah. So there you go. Everybody got a shot of the dog. Okay. There you go. Uh, I don't know anything else. Good night, Todd. I don't either, John. Good night. <laughs>